This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series and for what has been it's been a little while since we've done one of these phone-in shows uh, I was thinking why not get the views of some other people on that's the sound of my phone starting to fall on the floor which is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're doing well, though, people. Please do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new around here and turn those notifications on so you never miss a show. If you indeed would like to have your voice heard and the opportunity to jump on the show, as you're going to see with some of our guests during the next hour, hour and a half or so, uh, then all you need to do is go onto Twitter at the Talk TV, send us a DM. Uh, I'll be trying to multitask while hosting and listening to my guests and, of course, replying to people on Twitter and on Instagram as well at the Guna Talk, and uh, we'll do our best to get you on 18 plus you must be 18 plus and of course uh, have a camera microphone and uh, a quiet place to record uh, the topic for today's show is to discuss whether or not we feel that Mikel Arteta and Edu considering both of them are very much involved in building the squads and then getting what they want from it and how likely it might be those two being able to get Arsenal into the top four and without further ado i think we should introduce our first guest of the show it's tom how you doing mate are you well are you good fantastic name by the way tom brilliant name. it's a great name i love it it's uh it, it, it's it's used by a lot of really important people i know i thought I, I mean i didn't have to like ply you with gifts or anything to say those words which is fantastic how you doing though mate are you woods good well you had a good christmas all that I'm stuff i'm doing wonderful because uh it's uh, after Christmas, so that mm. that stress is over with. Uh, and took the day off to watch the Arsenal at seven thirty this morning in my, my time, but uh, alas, that did not happen. So now you would never know from your background that you're an Arsenal fan, would you? I mean, you're not trying to tell anyone anything uh, whatsoever. I, I'm not actually <laughs> in anywhere near my house. I just found a place. So. Yeah. Oh, it's, a, it's an area that's very dedicated to Arsenal, is what yes. it is. Um, let's let's get to the matter at hand. Obviously, we've seen a season that's been a bit of a roller coaster. It started off with a, a big downhill slope uh, after those first three games, but at present, we're finding ourselves in a much better off situation. What do you kind of make of the managerial situation and Arteta in general, mate? Obviously, we've had these conversations uh, between friends at the pub, between Arsenal supporters. 
and I'm still not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not on the Arteta out, <laughs> but I've still, I, I think I go back to the, the, the games last year with some of the things we did in the Europa league. That's where it first went a little bit off the rails for me. I'm starting to see a little bit more of an idea and identity. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's down to Arteta or down to the team coming together and gelling because obviously the beginning of the season, and I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. Uh, I always think we're going to finish in the top four, no matter what. Um, that's, that's, I guess what fan and fanatic are for. So um, I do think it's, it's, it's a, a possibility. I, I think that Arteta is, I think he's done a great job handling this current situation, um, especially with the Obama. And I did have a question for you about that because yeah, of course, man. I, I don't know. I don't know how we can explain or maybe you can explain the the 19 goals that we've scored since Aubameyang's been out of the out of the lineup. Mm. It's is it is it a team that is coming together? Is it the youth no longer having that pressure to have to deal with a prima donna? Maybe I, I don't know. Do you think there's a fair comparison that you can make with Ronaldo in the United team and? like the opposite effect happening in that sense. So you kind of, you've got this focal point in Aubameyang. He wants service. He wants things to go through him. And when he's in the team, I think that the team plays in a way that we want to feed him. And when you've got a striker that's off form as much as he has been, maybe that detracts away from our kind of goal scoring ability. Do you think that's kind of a fair comparison? Do you think there's any logic in the madness there? There is. I think that obviously they're they're slightly different in this in the overall scheme of mm. things in football, but it is the same kind of a, a thought process with the focal point because he was whether he's out on the left or whether he's up the center, he is and has been our goal scorer. And I think that it, the pressure was on some of our younger players to get him the ball. And when he's out of form and everything's going through him. It, it, and it wasn't working. I think mm. now there's a bit more freedom. Uh, Lacazette does the dirty work. He's by, he's not uh, the answer by far. It, mm. He definitely isn't the answer, but he does do the dirty work. And now you start to see a little bit more free flowing. You start to see them not being as rigid. You know how uh, the Pep Guardiola way of doing things and the Arteta way of doing things is very, you know, your job, you know where you're supposed to be. And sometimes that lacks the art, the Arsene Wenger style of expressing yourself. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think that came across because we were constantly trying to get the ball in positions for Aubameyang to score. Now, if you notice, we have lots of different scores, 19 different goals that have happened since he's been out of the out of the out of the team. So I, I think that there's might be some pressure that's off. Yeah. Uh I, I'm hoping that's the only thing I could chalk it up to. And I don't think that him being late that last time. I think there's more to it. I don't think that that is what has been the the driving factor behind why he's not playing any longer. Uh, Brandon uh, McCallum in the chat box says, Abamian can't combine with others. Only effective with service or spacing behind completely kills any type of creativity. Temi says, I think the outlook attack has been more varied. Uh, before Abamian, all of our attacks came from the left mainly. After Abamian, our attacks have come from everywhere. Teams can't yeah. prepare for that. And that's a really good point kind of about that variation in Arsenal's attacks. And it's on, I think that without going too far away with kind of the focus on things, do you think Arteta has found kind of the balance now in what he wants from his attacking team that maybe we didn't see earlier on in the season. 
I think so. And I think it's kind of odd that it comes about the same time last year that he kind of fell into a Neil Smith row jump going into the starting lineup. Do you think he fell into that? This is something I'm really passionate about, actually. Do you do you believe he kind of fell into a Smith row or was it, you know, a tactical bit of genius? Well, you, you can also say it's a tactical bit of genius that he's putting in Gabriel Martinelli now, too. Sure. However, I, I kind of do. <laughs> so maybe it's so maybe it's a timing yeah. thing. We don't see what's going on. Hopefully, when we see this uh, Amazon thing, we're going to get mm. to see some of that. But we don't know exactly what's taking place that's causing him to make those decisions. And he might be it might be brilliance on his part. I'd love to see it happen. I'm not an Arteta in or an Arteta out. I'm 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 still not sold on him as a as yeah, the, yeah. the answer. Mm. But I obviously like you want him to do well. It's just coincidental that last year, ESR came in, the Smith, and he turned our season around, in it, it, not by himself, because obviously when we brought in Odegaard, that added a lot to our game. Yeah. This year, Martinelli comes in, Aubameyang goes out, and now we've scored 19 goals. Uh, so yeah. it, it's, it's, the evidence is there. I don't know if you have all of the parts of the equation to add it up to get what we have gotten right now. I don't know if you know A and B and C. You might yeah. know A, you might know C, but I don't know if we know what B is right now. I think that's unfortunately Aubameyang was was a hindrance to us, our team, our younger players. Um you're going to have the dirty work being done by somebody like a uh a, a Lacazette. Hmm. Uh not not the answer, definitely not the answer. But it, he has done the dirty work in the time that he's been in there. Just to kind of the last bit of question I'm going to ask you, Tom, around your looking ahead to the end of the season. Have you seen enough from this team and from the signings that Edu and Arteta have made and the progress that's been made this season that would make you confident enough to say that Arsenal can achieve top four? Or do you think it, there's just too many other variables to, to commit to a prediction like that? Well, as a fan, being short for fanatic, um, I always think <laughs> top four. So uh, I am probably one of the most optimistic people at the pub down here in Tampa, Florida. So uh, nice. I, I'd have to say, yes, uh, top four is realistic. Obviously, we all had our misgivings at the beginning of the season. But mm. we started out with a rough run of games and a really uh, not even a, a championship side team. So I think that the possibility is there. I think points in, uh, you know, in hand are helpful. You yeah. saw the spuds today, uh, what they did. And uh, that was, uh, that, that game was, I was more nerve wracked about that game than some of the Arsenal games because I, I did not want them to pull one out late against Southampton. No, no, but I do I think, think that that <laughs> I, I do, I do think that we have the ability to, 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 to press forward and we just have to do the things that, that, we've been doing of recent the 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 blip that was the everton game that was the beginning of the change i think yeah uh, menu that that game was a different story altogether that's uh, that i think hurt the team a little bit more than than the everton game the everton game was a really a, a turning point for our season and when we and, and then of course when we sat down Aubameyang, and i don't know if we'll ever see him again I really don't know if we will. It's impossible. And that that when we did sit him down, it was after the Everton game, wasn't it? It was we went into that game against Southampton, and he wasn't there, and there was a lot of because I think it kind of leaked a day or so before the game that he was going to be out, and that he hadn't been tra he hadn't been at training that day. 
but they just kind of got on with things. Lacazette scored, and the, the celebration shows that he was clearly, you know, his mind was on the game, even with all this contract stuff going on, with the fact he's six months left on his deal. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just focused, and I think that's shown that clearly there's a togetherness and clearly there's a backing of this coach from the players that shows it can be possible. Tom, thank you so much, mate, for coming on the show. Fantastic debut. And uh, as one of our members, I'm sure we'll see you back on very, very soon, mate. Have a fantastic thank evening, you. mate. Take care. Have a good one, fella. See you later. Bye-bye. A massive thank you to Tom uh, for helping us out there on our phone-in show. Uh, first of hopefully many guests this evening. Uh, if you would like to come on the show and have your voices heard specifically about Arsenal's those capabilities of reaching the top four through both Arteta and Edu, then please do throw us a DM on Twitter at the Guna Talk TV or on Twitter, uh, sorry, not on Twitter again, or on Instagram at the Guna Talk. You can find us there. Let's quickly jump into the chat box before we get our next guest on. I saw a good question um, from Thupton who says, uh, Tom, what's your thoughts on what Xhaka recently did for an Arsenal fan? It's time Arsenal supporters pay proper respect to him. This one is uh, one of the reasons why managers love him. I thought it was one of the cruelest things ever. How dare you send a ticket to watch Arsenal play Manchester City? Can you imagine the pain this guy's going to go through? <laughs> I'm only joking. It was a great gesture. Um, he probably would have rather have seen Arsenal play Wolves considering the fact it would have been a game that we have a lot of a better chance of of winning. But uh, yeah, no, I think that it shows character. I think it shows you clearly what he's like behind the scenes. As I've said for a, a long, long time, I'm not his biggest fan because of what he did uh, against Crystal Palace in that famous 2-2 that 2-2 game back in, I think it was 2019, all the way back then. It's been so long. But I have to say that what I do think is that He's turned things around in from a personal perspective. And I don't think you can kind of criticize his motives for the team. He only wants to come like play to the best of his abilities and get back into the team and do what's best for the team as well. Yeah, Xhaka has some class, as as Chris Moss says. So there you go. Um, let's bring in our next uh phone-in guest. I mean, we're gonna make a habit of this. It's three Toms are featured on today's show. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? Uh yeah, I'm good, mate. How are you? They're very good, thank you. All the better now. I've just watched Spurs drop more points, which is always, nice. uh, yeah, always, always a nice. bonus. It's always nice. Um, how was your Christmas, mate? Was it good? Enjoyed um, it? It could have been better. I got COVID, so I had to oh, isolate no. in my room. Yeah, honestly, I got home at Christmas Eve. Yeah, and I had family coming down from Manchester, and before they got on the train, my mum was like, "Let's test everyone. Test. Yeah, the only one to test positive. Absolutely oh, gutting. No. But it's all, it was all right to be fair. So was you on your own for the whole of Christmas? Well, I was stuck in my room. I still had like the Christmas dinner and stuff. I was stuck at my desk and everything. It wasn't... Arsenal like a hatch. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> into the I room. Did, although I have to say, Arsenal winning on Boxing Day did make it a lot better. Yes, <laughs> yes. Well, I'm hoping that you're all recovered now, Tom, and uh, and moving away from yeah. that. So fingers crossed. Um, yeah. So talk to me, kind of where you're at, Tom, regarding the manager and, of course, Edu and how both of them have set us up. And are you confident that Arsenal can push forward to a top four finish this season? Um. I'm confident we can put in a challenge for it, but mm. I'm not confident that we're going to get it because we've, we've played really well the last few games. Yeah. yeah. And But we've also seen before that we do still have Freitas in the team and I, we're going to see against Man City because it's going to be such a difficult game. And if we get slapped again, then what? Who? what's that going to do to the confidence? We could derail our season again. So it's important that we... If we go into that Man City game and we play really well and we lose or by like one goal and we play fantastic, you know, maybe or maybe get a point out of that game, yeah. you know, that'd be a fantastic result. 
it could propel us on to get in top four because Tottenham dropped points again today against 10 men Southampton. You know, they shown that they can drop points over the season. Man United look woeful at the moment. West Ham have only started to pick back up some points. You know, we have got a real good chance. And because we've got the points on the board already, the pressure's on everyone else. Yeah. The pressure is going to be on teams like Manchester United, teams like Spurs that have got these games in hand. They're not... I'm trying to think who Spurs is other one. They've got one against Burnley away. And was it Brighton? That yeah, they've, got, a... they've only played six away games this season. Really? So, wow. So I, 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 I think so. I saw that somewhere. So if, yeah. if they've only played six... This is their sixth game they've played away from home. They've still got mm. 50... No, not 50. 14. Uh, 14. No, I'm, I'm going 13, really 13, 13 other games. games. Yeah. Maths. Um, no, yeah, it's not. It's not for the faint-hearted, is but it? They, they, <laughs> they, but they've shown they've played all these teams at home to, with ten men, and they've beaten them comfortably as they should do. But now they've gone away from home, their first test, and they've mm. they've they've bottled it as, as Spurs normally do. So it, you know, it, the the door is open for us to go get it, and it'll be fantastic for us to get top four. It, I mean, it would be a phenomenal season because Arteta's really he's built such a good young team that mm. anyone can see is a fantastic up-and-coming team. Whatever he does, whatever happens in the future, he's done a good job getting that in. He's done what everyone was applauding Ole for doing. And look at this mess that Man United are in at the moment. You know, yeah. Ole, they were all saying he's changed the culture of Man United. And, you know, but if you look at the attitude of the players against Newcastle, they were, they were awful. You don't see our players doing that. You see them backing each other, oh. wishing each other to go on. And they're young and... It, it, the development of the young players have been fantastic. You know, Martinelli looks so much better than he did a year and a half ago. Saka from a year ago. I mean, he's adding goals to his game now. It's fantastic, honestly. Yeah. It really it's, I mean, it's it's interesting. such a nice time to be an It is such a nice time. I think that's what I... I think I called bring one on of the Man shows. City. Yeah, bring on Man City is the call. But I, mean, I think I titled one of our recent videos. It's, it's nice to be an Arsenal fan again. And I think I titled one of the previous podcasts that kind of what we're seeing in the team and what Arteta, and not just Arteta, but we have to give Edu credit as well because both of them built this team in the summer and have gone a long way to work together to do it. But they've given kind of fans something to, you know, get behind. Like previous iterations of this Arsenal team have been really frustrating and it's difficult to like certain members of the squad. But there's a real likability, isn't there, about so many of the players in this side? Yeah, I mean, you can't pick your favourite player anymore. You can't, mm. you can't do it because they're all... Loads of guards up there. <laughs> uh, he's, he's fantastic. But then but then you see you see the tenacity of Martinelli and you get behind that and then you see yeah. Lacazette working hard on top. I mean, he, he you know, he's probably on the way out, but he's showing mm. what a professional he is and he, he's giving everything to the club to, you know, to give us the best possible position to get top four. You know, Saka's been fantastic. Even Xhaka looks a real, real good player at the moment. You know, he's got his critics, yeah. but... You know, he's playing really well and he's looking a real leader in the team, you know. And Partey's looking so much better than he was a couple of weeks ago. It's a shame we're now losing him. Um, but do you, yeah, think, I, I think... do you have the trust that they're going to do what they need to do in January? Because it looks like Maitland-Niles could be going. Um, we're obviously losing Partey and Elneny to the African Cup of Nations. And so we're going to be left with just Xhaka and Lukonga to play against City, Liverpool, Spurs, Liverpool again. And then I think Burnley's after that. Do you think that they will go out and do what they need to? It's really tough to say because you know we're not in the we you know we're not in the dressing room. We're not working at the club, so it is. Yeah. Uh, do I trust them? You have to say you do. Whoever they, whoever if they bring someone in 
I trust that they've brought in the right player because they've shown with the transfers they do do that they're smart and they, they're not doing it just for the sake of it. If they, They're not going to bring in a player if they don't think they're going to work. You know, and I trust that if they do sign a player, it'd probably be a midfielder. Yeah. I, I, I think that they'll be the right fit. But, you know, it will have to wait and see at the end of the window. It's always it's it's always what happens, you know, because no everyone at the beginning of the, you know, the summer window or the you know the end of the summer window said we'd had a shocking summer and you know I was really disappointed with who we'd brought in, but they've mm. all we've hit six six out of six in all our signings, yeah. and that's that's just made us such a better team from last season. I think it's going to be a season where we hope, or rather. There's going to be a lot of hope that kind of, you know, bleeds through the fan base, but whether or not it leads to something tangible and something evidential at the end that we can look back and go, wow, we've seen genuine progress and we can see the the project or the process, if you dare want to use that word, um, has kind of got this end goal. Um, yeah. But I think also what you've seen, and maybe something that Edu has to get credit for, is that they've built a squad that isn't hanging on Arteta, if you know what I mean. So that if something were to change and if Arteta was to be moved on or if he left or whatever, or they weren't to renew his contract, which I think would be a bit surprising, to be honest, um, that there's kind of a young group of players there that can be taken on by someone else. Yeah, definitely. And that's when I that's why I brought up the Oli thing at Man United because everyone was going on about what an amazing job. You, you had Gary Neville going on about how um, fantastic he was, you know, a really likeable team. And yeah. they're just, he, he's left them in such a mess. Players on huge wages. I mean, Varane, 400 grand a week. You know, he, you know, he doesn't look like the player he was at Real Madrid. You know, he, he's brought in these high contract players that really don't have any care for Man United. Yeah. Whereas look at the team we've got. It's young players. In five years, these players, well, well hopefully, will still be here. You know, yeah. and, and we're in a really good... And they'll be five years better, five years more experience. I mean, you look at what a year's done to Gabriel, Saka, Martinelli. Um, I'm trying to think Odegaard looks so much better than he did, you know, when he first came on loan. He's, he's been fantastic. Uh, yeah. Emil Smith-Rowe, in a year, has gone from being... Uh, do you think Arteta deserves the credit for their progression? Do you think it's down to him or do you think there's more so to do with kind of natural development of players? But you could say natural development, but look at the development of Marcus Rashford. Look at how he's mm. been mismanaged in his career. He should have been he he should have been up there as one of the best forwards in England. And he's not because he, he's been mismanaged, played through injury. Look at the way we're managing these players. You know, it it, it has you have to give them credit. You know, I wanted Bartelli to come in the team so much quicker. Because I, I love him, he was my favourite player. Yeah, but um, but you have to say that they've done the right thing because look how much better he is. He's just composed on the ball when he needs to, when he needs when he needs to close down, he closes down, and you know when he goes forward, he takes his time to make the right pass, and he's always looking for goal. He's just these these players are so much better than they were a year ago, and then yeah. think how much better they're going to be in another year, and then a year after that. You've got something to really look forward to. And if we add real quality to this team in the summer or in January, we can really become an established top four team again. Hopefully, <laughs> if all goes well, it, it really it really looks like we are moving in the right direction for the first time in about yeah. five years. I think since Sanchez left, we've been going, or even in his last year, we were going like that. And now it looks like yeah, we're yeah. going like that. And that's what yeah. you want. That's all you can ask for. 
Our next two league games are City and Spurs. Uh, so after those two league games, it will be the 22nd of January when we play Burnley. If Arsenal lose those two games, which could happen, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to predict doom and gloom, but you've got Man City and Spurs away. And I'm trying to think of the last time we won a league game at Spurs, and it was a long time ago. Um, yeah. I, I'm really struggling to think. I think it was the Rositsky, wasn't it? All, I think it might we, have we been. We won the in the league cup. Uh, we did, but a league game that we've won at Spurs, I think it was that Rositsky strike in like the first minute. I'm trying, I'm really struggling to think of when, when, when else we did it. But no. if we were to lose those two games, which is feasible, how you've just spoken there about your confidence, there's a project like we can see we're moving forwards. If that happens, where's your head going to be after those two? It's obviously going to be extremely disappointing. The City game is not going to define our season. I think no, we need to remember not. that. But if we get battered, you've got to be critical. But it's not a free hit, is it? No, is no, no. Like, you can't no. you can't you can't go up against Man City and get absolutely slapped off the park. You can't. I know they yeah. can do that to teams, but you've got to show a bit of character and stay in the game and fight. And we're at home as well. I expect you know, I expect the fans to really push and help the team because we've been really good at home this season. Apart from the Chelsea game where we had our entire back well, a back four out with COVID. We had Holding mm. and Marie playing against the carpet. I was only ever going to win one way, really, wasn't it? Yeah. And then um, I think it was Chambers, Holding and Kalasanach that played against City. Please yeah. don't remind me. Cedric, it, I think, was in the back five as well. <laughs> just, he was, he's just the cherry on top. Mm. I mean, it really... It, it, look at the, look how... It's just the players are so much better than they were at the beginning of the yeah. season. Compare the back four to now. It's night and day. And I back us to put in a good performance against City. I don't think we'll get a point. I do think we'll lose the game. But the game against Tottenham is the big one for me. If we went there and we won, that that puts them that really, really hits them hard. If we go yeah. there and get a, a draw, that's a brilliant result because it keeps them exactly where they are. If we, we can't we can't afford to go there and lose because that, no. that is a huge, huge game. Not just because it's Tottenham, but because they're right behind us in the table. Tom, last question. Simple yes or no answer. I'm going to put you on the spot. Do Arsenal make top four this season? Oh, I'm going to back us. I'm going to go yes. Oh, oh, it, what's the What's the point of being negative? Come on. <laughs> you can still you can see Tom's a member of the channel when he's throwing in comments like that. Love the optimism, Tom. Thank you so much, mate, for coming on. As always, I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Cheers. Have a good one. Have a good one, mate. See you later. Bye-bye. Cheers. A massive thank you to Tom there uh, for joining us on today's show. Uh, that's the second Tom. You had three three doses of Tom you've got today. Uh, we'll hopefully be getting our next phoning guests on very, very soon. As always, if you've got interest in coming on the show, just to throw out the information on the screen, and you would like to join the two Toms that have also been on the show and have your thoughts heard, uh, just send us a DM at the Talk TV or on Instagram at the Talk. Send us a DM. I will try my best to respond as quickly as possible. But as you can imagine, um, things are quite hectic and trying to run a show, ask questions and reply to DMs is a little bit tricky. Let's, speaking of our next guest, bring on another one who's, I'm sorry, his name isn't Tom. We can't make it four in a row. Uh, but what we can do is introduce you to Egal. How are you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? I'm doing good, Tom. How are you? I mean, very good. I mean, you just done a watch along for the Spurs game, so you must be pretty darn happy. Oh, man. I'm very happy, man. I, I was literally just giving it to some Spurs fans on, on socials right now. <laughs> and also very happy because I'm very close to 9,000 on, on my channel. So that's a big milestone nice. for me, too. So Fantastic. that is big, big times. But what, I, what I'm going to tell you, man, 
please. Mm, go for it. I know, I know what you want to talk about, but before we talk about anything else, I just want to say, I'll give you, I'll give you credit for being man enough to say, you know what, I got it wrong after the Man City mm. game. I personally, after the Man City game, I still stuck with to my guns, and I still feel like I, I've seen enough to question. Yeah the situation and you know what it takes a very very big man to to come out and say i i was incorrect and and that's that's massive from you man big up to you for that uh, cheers bro i think that um i think what it is is where after that game it's interesting when i say where i was wrong is because my mind's kind of changed of where i am on the manager like i've gone from being someone that thought that the right decision any other club in the same kind of bracket as Arsenal would have probably got rid of their coach after Villarreal and then after three bad games and a 5-0 defeat and conceding nine scoring none any other club would probably have you know moved on from the coach at that point I'm now at a point after seeing what I've seen this year to be where I'm in the middle and I'm on the fence about the coach and that at the end of this season if we've achieved top six I'll be like I'm, I'm, I'm fine for him to continue I think we're progressing forwards if we get top four amazing but if we were to drop out of the top six I don't think I could, I couldn't justify that after the season that we would have had. So I think that's kind of, you know, where we're at. Anyway, Igal, um, I, yeah, the last time we spoke was, I think it was just over three months ago on the channel, the last phone in show that we did, which shows you how long it's been since we've done one of these shows. Um, and you said, because I was watching it back, so I didn't want to misquote you. Uh, and you said that Edu doing what he did in the summer was a sackable offence in regards to wasting time on targets that we had no chance of getting or, you know, with James Madison, I think was the example that he used. Where, reflecting on that, how do you kind of view Edu and the work that he's done and the six signings and the impact that they've now made in that time? I'm impressed that we've gone mm. almost six for six. It looks like we've gone six for six. And like that is almost impossible to do. At this point, all six of our signings look really good. Tavares, uh, yeah. for the price that we got him for, amazing. T uh, Tomiyasu looks better than Emerson Royal, who a lot of people wanted. Ramsdale, mm. I put Me, my I hand I even up. said I wanted Ramsdale. Emerson, I put my sorry. hand up. Yeah. I did not want Ramsdale. But mm. what he's done, and the moment he signed, I was backing it. I wasn't one of these people who are like, oh, why'd we get him? I'm, I'm never going to back him. No. The moment he signed and the moment that it was closer to coming, I was, I was fully backing him. But from when he was being linked to us, I even tweeted out, remember, I said we should go for Barcelona's Neto. Boy, was I wrong. This guy is mm -hmm. a revelation. Um, Odegaard, he's looking better than Madison at this point. And he's <laughs> well, that's music to my ears. That's <laughs> yeah. He's looking better than Madison. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I'm almost becoming into an Odegaard stand. To the point, the, the way that I used to back, uh, the way that I used to want the, the Madison signing, completely flipping on his head to the point where it's like I can't stand Madison now. Just, just reminds me of all the left fans. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie to you, man. The six signings have impressed me, and I cannot remember a time where Arsenal have done such good recruitment. But the question I have is, how much of it is on Edu and how much of it is on Arteta? Because Arteta. Oh, what do you mean by that? Me. What? What do you mean by that? Because Arteta did question um, the, uh, the the Emerson Royale deal, because mm -hmm. uh, rumors had it that uh, that Edu wanted that, the the Neto deal, which I wanted, rumors had it that uh, Edu wanted that one. Mm. Um, the situation the situation with uh, Ramsdale, we already know Arteta wanted Ramsdale. He spoke to Ramsdale. Ben White, there was rumors that Arsenal were after um, the gentleman over in Germany. Uh, um, who was Tal it, sorry? Tal Soba. 
right? Tap sober, yes. The bilateral treatment. Sober. So there's so many things that were linked to during the summer. How many of them were edus, uh, like suggestions, and how many of them were Arteta suggestions? That I cannot tell. What I can tell you is that uh, Man City were looking at uh, some of these some of these players. And when when he was at Man City, he he got a better understanding of what quality it would take to be, players to have in this league, and I mm. and I credit Arteta for a lot of the signings. It's interesting that point because I think that obviously what you've said there is is completely true. Um, that Arteta has certainly leaned towards some signings over others, and Edu was leaning towards others. Um, do you think there's an argument to say though that the fact that the technical director, uh, who is probably the man with the real final say on things regarding transfers, has deferred to the manager and they've worked collectively to come to a decision on who they've signed and it's then worked out for the best. Like Edu, do you think he deserves credit rather than criticism for maybe the targets that he initially wanted for actually saying, you know what, I'm going to back the, the players that you know that you've looked to the Ramsdales your your Ben Whites and I think that he I mean Edu deserves a lot of credit I think for the Tavares deal and also for the Lokonga deal but do you think specifically kind of around those where Arteta maybe favoured them that he's backed his coach and he's worked uh, on on getting those deals over the line my thing is Edu needs to um, Edu's going to make his money for me on trend, uh, outgoings okay and, and 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 how well we negotiate in outgoings and how mm. well we do with with uh, future incomings. It's not something I can just judge him based on one window. Maybe it's harsh for me to judge him based on one window, but mm. I was judging him based on the league position we're in, the emotion of the situation, a lot of other things were coming into it. And also at the time, it was just off the back of losing a couple of games. It looked like we we're about to lose our third and the window was about to close. So it was like, uh, obviously we're in an emotional state. I'll tell you right now, yeah. Am I reevaluating my thoughts on Edu and Arteta to a certain degree? Am I am I completely saying, oh, I back everything they do I, in Arteta and Edu we trust? No, because yeah. I still haven't seen enough to say to myself that these guys are going to continue this. Maybe uh, maybe it was a lot of planning and a lot of uh, a lot of critiquing from our side over critiquing of the of the situation. I would definitely say that Edu. Am I, do I still want him gone? Probably not right now. Mm. I, I, I'm, I'm going to let somebody see out what they've done. Because at the end of the day, Rome was not built in a day. It, it's it's a five, four-year yeah. plan. It's a five, four-year plan. So we're going to have to see how this plan works. Am I am I still, am I going to fully be backing him and standing Edu? No, because that is not, that is not where I'm at. But at this point, I still think they need to prove me, they need to prove me right more then they need to prove me wrong. I don't think, I don't want them to prove me wrong. I want them to prove me wrong. I, I mean, I don't want them to prove me right. I want them to prove me wrong. I want them mm. to show me that they're going to continue to sign good players and where where the, where he's going to make his money is how he gets sales because we don't sell players well. I want to start seeing us changing our sales. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I think that the, the sales aspect of Edu has been the area that's let us down. Um, and I think that the summer in particular, one of the reasons why I only ranked it, I think at the time of six and a half-ish out of 10, was because of the outgoings and the failure to get the and the failure not to get a, a starting central midfielder in the summer. Obviously, in retrospect, when you look how good the signs have done, you may say that a six and a half out of 10 for the window looks very harsh. And I think in retrospect, you would say. But I still stick by that because of how 
you know, how we were unable to sell players. Now we were unable to get in that marquee midfielder that, hey, we could even be higher up the league if we'd have been able to get that player in. So in signings, we've in the past, we have had incidents where we've sold players well. And Eddie deserves credit for getting 25 odd million quid for Joe Willock, which I think we can say is a positive. And in the past, we've got a lot of money for players like Alex Awobi and for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I mean, those three in particular, Awobi, Oxlade-Chamberlain and, and Willock have made Arsenal 100 million quid and they've gone on to do very little. I know that Oxley Chamberlain's won things at Liverpool, but in terms of his actual personal career at Liverpool, it's not necessarily gone so well. So I think we need to hopefully bank on that Joe Willock sale going better. I mean, just before you, I ask you and bring the conversation back around to the top four, this Maitland-Niles sale that looks like it's going to be moving closer to happening, the latest view is that a £12 million obligation clause could be put into this contract depending on the number of appearances that Maitland-Niles makes. Would that be an underwhelming sale, considering his length of contracts, considering his lack of game time, and considering what bids have gone previously. I think Ainsley Maitland-Niles' personal issues and attitude issues and everything else around his mentality has mm. caused this situation to be the way. It what is. issues would just so if listeners were thinking, what issues? What issues would you? I don't want to get into his personal too much, but like mm. you know how you can have a partner or a significant other that can that can be a bad influence. Okay. He has a partner that is a bad influence that has gotten himself into some trouble recently. I'm not sure if you know about it, but I'll show. I'll definitely show you. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. and, and and when it comes to when it comes to his attitude on on and off the pitch with Arteta, I don't know too much, but from what I've heard, he he definitely has given the club problems with the with the loan where when he went to West Brom instead of going to Leicester or or Southampton where he could where he could skill his trade as a right back where the club wants he has never really he's never really been someone to just say you know what I'll play wherever I want to play I want to I want to play with the mentality to say you know what whatever the club wants me to do I want to succeed at at this club and it almost seems like he just wants to succeed for himself and I get it I completely get it but he's very to himself and Sometimes as a club, you want somebody like a Bukayo Saka who comes in and says, I'll play left back, I'll play right back, I'll play everywhere. And then eventually works. Him, he's so good that he works his way into the right positions. Even Gareth Bale did that. He played left back for Southampton and, and I think even Tottenham at times. So you need to you need to skill your trades in other positions to, to, get, to get game time. And he's done that. He's played over 100 games for Arsenal. And I don't think any of those games in the midfield – show me enough to say, you know, he's going to be a great midfielder, even though he played well against Watford last week. So mm. at this point, if we sell him, any money we can get is good. And I feel like reinvesting that in January would be crucial. So, But I don't think we're going to get the full pay package now. We're going to probably just get the loan now. And if they do end up buying him, it will be in the summer. But yeah, that's Let's a long so way of saying. No, I yeah, no, I understand what you mean. Um yeah, please do show me that afterwards if because I'm a bit intrigued. Um, top four, can we make it? Yes or no? It's the pressure is on Man United and Tottenham. Yeah, the pressure is not on us. We have points in. We have points on the board. They have games in hand. Games in hand absolutely mean nothing. As we've seen, they drop points versus Newcastle, Man United, and today they drop points versus Southampton. And mm. even when they face Liverpool, they drop points. So if they continue to drop points. And we continue and, and we continue to just tick away, even if we don't beat Man City. Hypothetically, even if we lose to Tottenham, right? We still, we still, uh, we still would 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 still have more points on the board than them if they if mm -hmm. if they don't if they if they drop points the rest of the way. So I am saying we are in the driving seat. We we control our own destiny. Let's just continue and tick away. I still think we haven't seen the ceiling of this Arsenal team. 
where when it comes to Man United and Tottenham, yeah, we don't, we don't know what their ceiling is either, but they're not consistent, just like us. What well, I asked this question to Tom, who was the last caller. Um, we've got obviously City next at home and then Spurs away. If we were to say lose those two games, how where would your head be after that in regards to our top four hopes? Doesn't matter. Because doesn't matter how to go, go, go. <laughs> Explain why the, re- doesn't matter. the reason the reason why I would say it doesn't matter is because we have shown that we can drop points against the big teams this season, but still deliver at home versus lesser teams and go away from home and deliver against the lesser teams. If we continue to deliver against the teams that are lesser than us and we struggle against the teams that are closer, uh, that, that are higher or close to our level, yeah, uh, we will be there thereabouts come the end of the season because we would have picked up enough points from the from the lesser teams. Let's be honest. There's five teams that 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 will take points off us this season more, uh, if we if we play them on any given Sunday or, or Saturday, right? But there's sure. another there's another there's another what fourteen teams or no? I, I, yeah, fourteen yeah, fourteen teams. teams yeah. There's another fourteen teams that I would suggest we could pick up all six points for the rest of the season. Let's be honest. We're going to pick up six points versus Norwich, which we already have. Watford, sure. uh, Newcastle. Some of these teams, we're just going to pick up six points from them this season. If you what's changed? That, what's changed from because obviously the, those teams you're highlighting: Burnley last season we lost at home, uh, Southampton we drew at home, Newcastle. I'm trying to think back to the Newcastle game, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But we've dropped points against those sides that you're naming. What's changed since ne- then and now to make you think? so confidently that we can win those matches back to back? I would say two factors. One, the the, the new confidence from the defense and goalkeeper. Mm. It's it's allowed us to it's allowed us to be a little bit more free flowing away from home because we trust the defense and the goalkeeper. We we've had we've had uh, I can't even say the midfield's been performing well, but what yeah. what we do have is a midfield we have goals from our midfield. So we're not relying only on our attackers to score. Odegaard and Smith Rowe, first of all, if I'm correct, Smith Rowe has eight goals this season. That's more goals than Arsenal's midfield for the last two seasons combined. Wow, that is a stat. Eight goals, two assists, yeah. Right? And then Odegaard Odegaard currently is on four goals. That's more than yeah. And four assists. You have Saka, who uh, I don't count him as a as a as a midfielder, but of course Saka's sure. performing highly. Six and four, I think. Saka's and then on. you have Martinelli. That's twenty-seven of our thirty-two goal contributions coming from those four players. And mm. and just think about it. Last year, come January, only one of those players was really playing in our team, which was Saka. Mm. So yeah. That well, I mean, is, Saka, Erdegaard and Smith-Rowe have 29 goal contributions between just them goals and assists. And that, this holds across all and competitions. Martinelli, of course. Uh, well, I mean, that would make it even higher. So <laughs> yeah. it's, 29, it's obviously he's involved in this as well. And just seeing, because in particular, it was those two, Smith-Rowe, Erdegaard and Saka as well, those three, that were challenged at the start of the season saying, can they give Arsenal enough goal contributions? Are they giving enough in terms of raw numbers? And whilst I thought the performances outside of the raw numbers were still good, uh, especially for Erdegaard and, Smith- and Saka, the raw numbers in regards to goals and assists wasn't yet there. So I think that kind of turnaround. So... I'm going to ask you flat out now, yes or no, no elaboration. Do Arsenal make top four? Yes. Lovely stuff again. Thank you, mate, for coming on the show. Really appreciate your time. Give your channel a shout out again and I'll see you soon. 
No worries. Thank you guys for uh, for for watching this. But honestly, I really appreciate it bringing me on, Tom. My channel is called EGTV. I do a lot of Arsenal content and I do regular football and sometimes some other things that are going on around world fo world sports. But yeah, I'm really close to to nine thousand subscribers. If you guys can help me out, I'm like fifteen away. That I really appreciate that. Thank you for having Come me on, guys. Go give a gal a subscription and get into nine k uh, supporting <laughs> the TGT family. Thanks, a gal. See you soon, mate. Have a good one. Yes. Thank you. A massive thank you there to Egal for jumping on the show. Hopefully we'll have our next guests on for you very, very soon. Let's just quickly jump into the chat box. Uh, Alex George says, out of interest, how many points were we on at this point last season? My guess is around 21. It's a great point. I mean, on Boxing Day, when we before the Chelsea game, I think we were something like 16th still in the table. So the, 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 the level of difference and progression that we've seen in that time has been absolutely brilliant uh let's jump to let's go to let's scroll up a little bit more see what ones we've got there uh craig says i think ainsley mcdonald's has a bad attitude thinking he's better than he is saka is a team player and didn't mind playing left back neither but ainsley mcdonald's is a bit of a moaner oh uh, the, the shades coming from craig barlow there ian says okay then i stand corrected but let's still let's see about kdb sterling always scores against us and if Tommy does not play, then we are significantly hampered. Let's see what happens in that Man City game. Let's bring our next guest into play. I'm joined by Alan. How you doing, mate? Are you well? Are you good? I'm doing very well. How are you doing, man? Yeah, very good. Thank you, mate. Very good to see you. How was your Christmas? Was it good? Um, I I got COVID. <laughs> I'm like a That's not the second not guest trained. we've had on now that had not, it. How are you feeling? Yeah. Are you okay? You all right with it? Uh, yeah, pretty mild. It's symptoms, just like sore throat and coughing. But other than that, it's, you know, it's... Oh, I'm glad okay. that you're feeling yeah. better, man. Um, sorry about the uh, about Christmas and all that. But uh, <laughs> no, no thank you for coming on for the show. And uh, just tell me kind of where you're at regarding our top four chase. How hopeful are you and, and kind of how confident are you about that? Um, I'm pretty, pretty hopeful, to be honest, just because... It's been an up and down season, but you kind of you have seen a steady progression like through through time, despite mm. all all the setbacks. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot said about the the first three matches, and then um, how we've, we've dropped points in some significant games, like it like Crystal Palace, Brighton. Mm. I feel like when people assess Arsenal season, it's always oh, but you you shouldn't have gotten a point really against palace you probably should have lost against brighton but then they don't look at the other side of it where it's like yes we drop points against against united and everton yeah. but we definitely were the better team by a large margin and if it wasn't for you know the mental aspect of it where we drop back um whenever we go a goal up we probably would have won those matches so just applying that context, and we've seen a change in that in the in the last few matches that we've we've played, even though they weren't the best opposition, um, we've still seen uh, that change in the squad where they kept pushing, they kept playing well for the rest of the match after we did go an, another goal up. So um, that's what I mean. We've just seen a steady progression in in the side and how we're playing. Um, this is really the first time that. That uh, ESR, Saka, Smithrow, and Odegaard are all firing at the same time, so that's pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, the, um, 
I'm fairly confident. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. I think that what you highlighted there, the individuals in particular, obviously, are what carrying us through. Um, we're seeing a lot of teams, though, lose players um, at inopportune moments, as you're very aware of, having suffered from it yourself so recently. Um, does that concern you that maybe there's not the depth in certain positions? I'm thinking of midfield with the African Cup of Nations coming up. I'm thinking of possibly striker, uh, right back if we lose Tommy Asu for an extended period. Are you concerned that if we were to, say, lose a few players, that could completely derail any hopes of us achieving top four? Um, there's always the chance of it. Um, but the thing I also like about, about our squad is that there's there's a lot of versatility in it. You know, mm. we have Thierry that could play center back. You have Nuno that could play right back. You got Ben White that could play right back like he did. Um, Tomiyasu can even drop into center back if you need him there. Saka could basically play all over. Um, go if he wants to. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's always that's always a great thing to have. Um, but yeah, there is that there is that worry. Um, you know, even even without the COVID stuff, I still thought in in the summer we we needed that we needed that extra midfielder. Um, striker was always hard since we have we had both Laka and Aubameyang there. So striker, I understood why we didn't get a striker, but for central midfield, we definitely needed um, a significant, you know, starting midfielder, uh, regardless of any any COVID issues. So that might be somewhere where we're kind of light. I just just like you said in the previous shows, yeah, the 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 whole Wilshire thing wouldn't be my favorite. But if we have no money to actually get a midfielder, we we're gonna have to do that probably like it's better than nothing yeah um but yeah we're definitely very light in midfield so if, if we like get another injury to thomas party after afcon you know we could be very light for a long time so that's that's definitely a worry let's jump to the chat and uh and see what some of the guys are saying uh happy christmas saying he's picking up on maybe an, a canadian twang in your accent there uh, <laughs> Alan. uh what about jonathan david uh is he someone that you'd like to see us bring into the club as the possible striker option um yeah absolutely i really i really like uh jonathan david um i don't know about like up top on his own in the premier league how he mm. would do but he's He's a pretty intelligent um, player in the in the way he moves, the way he gets into those goal scoring positions, um, and just his interplay with uh, the rest of the front line. So I think I think he would fit in really well with uh, our our kind of young attacking line. Do you think um, a striker is kind of a necessity in January, or do you think we can go without signing someone in January? Um, I don't think it's a necessity. But I, th I think it's definitely something we should be looking at very closely, since I I really can't see how Aubameyang kind of gets back in in the side, and even if he does, um, my thing my thing with him is that he's he's always been kind of a poacher in a system that demands a, a complete forward, mm. so. Once that po once once a poacher loses their their kind of killer instinct, there's really not a lot left there. So that's kind of the situation that Aubameyang's in. Um, but Lacazette is a pretty fit guy. He's not really injured too often. I yeah. mean, you know, knock on wood. So 
hopefully he could just lead the line for the, for the rest of the season. But uh, yeah, I think striker opportunities is definitely something we can, we need to like look really closely at. I think, I think central midfield, we could just, we could probably find a loan somewhere. Like it shouldn't be too difficult to get some central midfield depth, depth but uh, yeah, if we can get a striker and we definitely should look to do that. Alan, last question I'm going to ask you. It's a very simple one. Do Arsenal make top four? Yes or no? Um, I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. Love it. I love the positivity. (laughs) Fantastic stuff, Alan. Really appreciate your time coming on today. Tell people where they can find you and uh, I'm sure we'll see you all again soon. Yeah. uh, Like that's my uh, Twitter handle in my, in my name. I tweet a bunch of, you know, Terrible football takes. <laughs> well, if you're into that, go give Alan a follow. And I mean, I've, I've seen you appear on some other shows as well. Is that right? Um, I've only been on one. I usually work every every time there's there's a show. So I've I've only been on the. I was on the transfer deadline day one. Where right. We just, where we yeah. just we just signed Tommy Asu, or we were just about to sign Tommy Asu. Mm, yeah. So, so I, we're going to be doing plenty more yeah. of those. And so, I was uh, I was also football sucks unless france win the euros which which they did (laughs) i was yeah i mean i had italy in my sweepstakes so i was i was very happy about that um (laughs) thank you alan uh really appreciate your time as always and uh, i'll speak to you soon thank you bye have a good one mate see you later a massive thank you there to alan oh you can't see my face let's remove that um let's just quickly jump into the chat box very briefly before we bring on our next guest uh let's go to Tommy says so much optimism today absolutely loving it uh Mikey says I like Arthur Cabral from FC Basel he has everything only question is his fitness levels Craig says I can't see Lacquer leaving in January maybe Eddie will let's see if maybe our next guests uh will come on and disagree or agree we're joined by King how you doing mate are you well are you good yeah I'm good I'm good uh, I have a new name. You need to be yeah. called Tom to join the show. So, oh, very true. Yes, I was. I did see it, and I was like, "What have I now learned?" King's real name, but no. Apparently, just you need to be called Tom to get on the show. That's how it works. How you doing, mate? It was a good Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. It was good. Uh, spent time with the family. You know, had some days off from work. I haven't yeah. had off for too long, honestly. <laughs> Lovely stuff, mate. Good. Lovely stuff. Um, yeah, so talk to me about kind of how you're feeling about Arsenal's top four hopes this season, King, because I know that it's a, a very prevalent conversation at the moment, and I know that a lot of people have different takes. It seems to be that more people are leaning towards that we can fight for a top four place. How do you feel about it? I mean, surely we can fight for it. Uh, the question is, will we make it? And I think uh, it's going to go down to, you know, uh, what we do in, in January. I still, I still think that we, we we need to reinforce because with COVID, you know, we're gonna have double game weeks, gonna get injured. We haven't played going out for you know, Afcon. Some players may leave even in January. Yeah. So we we need reinforcement. I think if we if we get one or two players in in January, and uh, be lucky with with injuries, uh, why not? If we don't get anyone in January, how yeah. would that make you feel about kind of the recruitment side of things? Would you trust that they've made the right choice or would you think they've been a bit maybe naive not to bring anyone in? Uh, I would be a bit annoying because if you look at last last year, it was quite obvious that we needed a backup left back for Quarantini, mm. which we didn't get. So we end up playing Grand Shaka there and 
he could never rest and then he got injured and that's kind of when our season went down and we went down the league and mm. losing games in the league etc so I do think that as, as happy I am with recruitment coming in uh, currently uh, if we do not uh, get anyone in in general I would be disappointed because I would feel like the club's kind of let Arteta down because yeah. it's a golden opportunity right now you know uh, Man United are inconsistent Spurs are inconsistent uh, West Ham are inconsistent they are all playing in no Spurs are not playing in Europe and, well, the other teams are playing in Europe uh, certain yeah. opportunities doesn't always come and this is a season where I believe that you don't even have to overachieve to get to top four you don't need to get 75 or 77 to get top four I think if you get like 70 to 73 points you could quite you know, comfortable problem secure and I do think that we've got like 35 pound, uh, points now from 19 yeah, yeah 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 so so if we can get something similar or we'll add one or two more wins then why not great Absolutely. King, I, I'm going to wrap up with one more question. I'm just a little bit wary of the background music and copyright stuff. But lastly, oh, it's all right. No, don't worry about it, man. Yeah, I'm just, yeah. Yes or no, do Arsenal make top four this season? Um, I have to say yes, we do. Love it. Love the yeah. positivity, King. Thank yeah. you, mate, for coming on as always, fella. I'm sure we'll see you again very, very soon. Have a great evening and uh, we'll catch up at some point soon. Uh, you too. Thank you. Have a good one, mate. See you later. Massive thank you there to King for coming on the show, one of our long-serving members, and uh, it's a lovely guy to chat to, as always. Um, Let's jump into the chat box. Hopefully, we'll have another one of our guests coming along very shortly. Um, If you've got any questions, though, in the meantime, do throw them in. Dan Roberts saying, is Ferran Torres really worth £55 million? Uh, Recently moved to Barcelona, of course, from Man City. It's an impossible question, really. Is he worth that? Well, if he plays as he can do, then yes. But we've not really been able to see Ferran Torres play week in, week out, really, at Manchester City. He had a fantastic time for playing for Spain, did well in the Euros as well. And I think he's a player that could develop into a very, very special player indeed. And I think that Spain have got quite a few players coming through. I mean, he's still only, what, 21 years of age, still very, very young. Uh, And I think he's a player that will... Can continue to develop and improve. 55 million may be looked at as a bit expensive now, but if he's to say develop and continue on the path that he has been, I do think that he could end up being worth that. I think Barcelona are looking to be a better side in their recruitment, which is annoying because I'm not their biggest fan. Um, but I think we're seeing with like players like Pedri and Gavi and, and now obviously Farran Torres, Ansu Fati that's come through the La Masu Academy too. They are building something in particular that's quite special and maybe even rivals Arsenal's own kind of look towards the future with the youth that we're bringing in. So, uh, and it's a good bit of business by City, you have to say. Bought for 20 million and just over a year later sold for uh, just ever so much more. Uh, 35 odd million pounds more in the future which is a very very big jump in price after just such a short period of time something that hopefully uh, Edu can take uh, some inspiration from in the market Um, let's uh, see what you guys are saying more so in the chat box Jonathan says I'm still questioning how they got the money yeah that's uh, that's one for a whole separate podcast talking about where they got the money from Jack Sparrow says we need to be selling players first in the market I mean we talked a little bit earlier with a gal of course about who could stay who could go 
uh, and how we should be expecting Edu to get more money for these players. Ainsley Maitland-Niles looks to be closing on this move to Roma with a deal that could see an obligation clause put in around £12 million. There would also be a loan fee involved in this deal, which would see Arsenal probably get a figure, I'd imagine, that would take it to... You think probably around one or two million pounds, that kind of figure, two to three, maybe at most for a loan fee for six months. And in that case, you could be getting close to 14, 15 million pounds for Maitland-Niles if that was to kind of go through. Is that what he's worth? I think so. I think that's a pretty good sale considering how long's left on his contract. And then you look at other players and Chris Moss in the chat saying who else is going to go out. Leno could yet leave and you can get a, a decent fee for him. Torreira, we should be getting around 12 to 15 million pounds from total in terms of loan fee and the option clause in his contract at Fiorentina. So we could be getting some money there. Eddie Nketiah could yet leave in January and give us some money. It's There are a number of players, of course, that are able to be sold. But when you go through the squads, I mean, if you have a look, I mean, Rob Holding could arguably leave in the summer. And with him on a long-term contract, English, homegrown, mid-20s, you could get a decent fee for him. Um, looking through the squad now, Cedric, I would be looking to sell. Chambers could be sold. Marie could be sold. Um, Maitland-Niles, we've already touched upon. El Elneny has only got six months left on his deal. Whether or not he leaves in January, I'm very doubtful of. Bamiang could leave. Could we get any money for Bamiang? Nicolas Pepe could be sold in the summer. Who knows? There's lots of players that could yet leave and a lot more of kind of a rebuild that could, of course, still happen. Um, Tulip says, Belotti as a second striker option. What are your thoughts? I feel like he's going to be heading off to AC Milan in the summer. Is he good enough to be a second option? I would take him as one. I think if you're good enough to be a backup to Ciro Mobile and the Italian national side, you, you know, you must have a certain amount of quality to your game. He's continued to score goals for Torino. Italian players don't really tend to leave Italy, though. So that would kind of be a bit of a stumbling block with that deal. Uh, Lee uh, says, uh, Graven Birch, uh, Livakovic, who I believe is a Croatian goalkeeper. Uh, is that right? As a second stopper. And Emmanuel Dennis, uh, please, uh, in, in the summer. Emmanuel Dennis, of course. Dennis strikes me as a player that I can't tell how good he is. He, he kind of hits the ball and I'm wondering, did he mean to do that? <laughs> I'm not sure he's the player that I would go for personally. Um, but maybe as a second striker option, it wouldn't be too bad of a pick. Uh, Paul says, when we sell players, should we insist on a sell-on clause? To be honest, I think Arsenal have started to add those into their contract. Mavropanos has got a 20% sell-on. Joe Willock, I think, has got a sell-on clause in his contract. Arsenal are trying to improve the way that they are selling players. and Adding sell-on clauses into contracts is certainly seemingly part of of this strategy. Uh, Harvey says, we've got many youngsters also from the academy I'd rather see than some players we have at the moment. Very true. You think about Charlie Patino, Salah, Amari Hutchinson, Kido Taylor-Hart, uh, Alabiosu, Omar Rekic, all of these guys. Arguably, and this is something that I'm leaning closer towards, is promoting as a second goalkeeper instead of investing in someone. Why not promote an Okonkwo into the team? Uh, Ajax right back Yuri Timbers. Is it Yuri or I think it's I think it might be or something like that. Uh Timbers from Ajax, though. I'm just gonna double check his surname just to check I've got that right. Uh Yurian Timbers, uh or Jurian Timbers uh from Ajax. Could he be someone that we look at? I know th I think that Clive's uh, a big fan of his 20 years of age. Certainly someone that is gonna be on the cusp of of de developing into one of Europe's top talents, it seems. But is he the right choice for Arsenal? I'm not sure. Maybe the show that I'm doing tomorrow morning will help you with that. There is no live 8 a.m. show tomorrow morning, but there will be a live show, if you like. Uh, there'll be a show going up at 8 o'clock tomorrow morning. 
I'm not going to give you any more details than that, but it's a fun idea that I've thought of to do based on something we've done in the summer. And, you know, it's something that you'll be familiar with on the show, but uh, there will be something for you at 8 a.m. tomorrow, despite the fact that I am working, but we're going to pre-record it and get it uploaded so you don't have to miss out on another morning uh, without a show for you. Patrick highlighting that Reese Nelson could be a player that we let go of for a certain amount of money. Could he be the player that we look to bring in? I hope so, because I think that he's certainly someone that would add to the quality uh, of another side and therefore bring in plenty of money for us if we could do. He only has a year left on his deal, though, at the end of the season, which is a bit of a problem. Um, Chris says, Chris Carrick says, Rob Earl just named Arteta manager of the year so far for the youth project, current table position and brave decisions on Abamyangs. I <sighs> Manager of the year, it's a big, big call. To say manager of the year, um, you're saying that he's done more than Pep Guardiola winning a title and getting to a Champions League final. Thomas Tuchel winning the Champions Champions League, getting Chelsea into the top four and to an FA Cup final. Um, I wouldn't personally say that Arteta is the manager of the year. He could end up being manager of the season if we were to get top four, maybe pick up a trophy. He could turn into a manager of the season, considering the the mess that we had and the signings that have been made and the, the, the team that we're using. That could certainly put him in that kind of bracket. But manager of the year, I'm not sure that I would pick Arteta for manager of the year for me. Um, Isoba says, what about Balanta uh, from Bruges as a temporary centre midfield cover? Another player that I don't know much about, I'm afraid. Uh, Eder Alvarez Balanta, 28 years of age. Uh, is he Colombian? He is Colombian. Used to play for Basel. Played 58 games so far for Bruce, scoring four goals. I don't know enough about him, I'm afraid. I saw to say that he's the right player that we should go for. Um, but uh, if you think that he is, then fair play. Maybe you know a bit more about me. Um, I'm just going to send the link to our next guest. Bear with me two seconds uh, while we get... Raf is going to be joining us very, very soon. Uh, hopefully going to be able to tell us all about his uh, conversion to uh, to Edu, who is, of course, someone that previously Edu has been very, very critical of in the past. So I'm looking forward to asking on that. And then hopefully we'll be getting Pablo on a little bit later on as well. Uh, Chris Carrick, sorry, meant season. Is it good for the club? Oh, sorry, Chris. In terms of if it's this kind of season... Um, just kind of these first six months. Again, I think David Moyes deserves a lot of credit for putting West Ham where they are uh, and getting them into a top four contention and, and a race for top four and getting results uh, against some really big sides like Man's, uh, like sorry Chelsea and Liverpool. I think that he is definitely up there. Guardiola again, obviously, because of what he's doing with City. Um, thinking of other teams this season, Thomas Frank maybe for, for Brentford, although thinking about it, have they really... Have they actually impressed or have they failed to deceive? I'm not so sure um, have Brentford. I mean, Brentford currently sit in 14th in the table. Uh, Bruno Large at Wolves, I think, is someone who's really going under uh, the radar as someone who's doing really, really well right now. Uh, he did really, really well at Benfica. He's come to Wolves, taken over from Espirito Santo and is continuing to push Wolves further and further up the table. I mean, they currently sit in 8th. And, I mean, they're three points behind Manchester United, who do have a game in hand, to be fair. But they're only six points off West Ham, uh, who sit currently in fifth place in the table, four points behind us. Nice that we've opened up that 
gap, isn't it, to, to West Ham? Four points between us and them now in the league. Um, still not quite there, says Pranjout, regarding Arteta. Uh, let's go to hit the like button if you dislike Spurs. Easy way to get those likes up. Thank you for that, Harvey. If you indeed are enjoying the show, do drop a like on the video. I'm hoping to get a couple more of our phone-ins onto the show before we wrap things up. Mikey says, I was amazed how Spurs made such hard work of Southampton tonight they didn't have that cutting edge in their game this evening that's definitely for sure uh greg says it is the prime time for edu and arteta to work their magic and bring in the two players we need ainsley make the nulls and lacazette leno and ketia marie just maybe we can clear the decks and get a bit of youth or oh, brother bring some youth up as well there is a number of players that we can move on lacazette i don't expect to leave in january i think that he's going to be someone that stays until the end of the season I would be shocked if he signs a new contract. I just don't expect it to happen. But other players like Nketiah, Leno, Maitland-Niles could be players that earn us a little bit of cash in January. We'll have to wait and see. And as Egal said earlier on in the show, he Edu is going to be measured now, not only on who he brings in, but on how he improves the way that Arsenal are able to sell players. Uh, I, I don't know what FPL is, Dan. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I'm not, I've never heard, never heard of it, mate. Never heard of it. Uh, Freuler from Atalanta would be a good signing to CD. I mean, late mid to late 20s is Freuler, partner of Granite Xhaka, quite often in the Swiss national side. Could it be a good depth option for us? Uh, maybe we'll have to turn into tomorrow's show to learn more about possible options in midfield. Patrick Carlson saying Aziz must play next season. Really interesting. Uh, he's a player that I know that struggled a little bit at the start of his time at Portsmouth, but he's gradually growing more and more into those Portsmouth performances. In fact, he's someone that I'm going to just have a check on his statistics for this season because I do know that he's someone that everyone cares very much about. Uh, he very much highly rated amongst the Arsenal youth and has been a little bit forgotten whilst online, you have to say, and with the rise of, of Charlie Patino as well. Uh, I mean, we're looking at his stats now. Six games in League One so far this season. Hasn't scored, but he has scored... Uh, in the EFL trophy for Portsmouth, I think. So that's where he's got his goal for the team. But uh, wasn't in the side against Wimbledon or Oxford. Possibly that was due to, I think, postponement. It was. Uh, they closed last two games for Portsmouth, were postponed. But he played 90 minutes in their last two fixtures, got an assist against Morecambe, which has got to be a positive. Let's bring in Raf. How you doing, mate? Are you good? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good, man. Apologies for this for the late. That's all right, mate. Don't worry technical, about it. No need to apologise. I'm thrilled to get you on to talk about our favourite topic between me and you, <laughs> uh, Edu, yeah. because I know that we've he's been someone that in the past we've disagreed on, and I know he's someone that recently you've done your own videos on your social media about and kind of how your opinions change on him. So just for the listeners that may not have seen that, and if you aren't following Raf, please do at Messy Music on Twitter. Um, Tell us kind of where your head's at regarding Edu and, and Arsenal in general. So, um, yeah, so as you said, obviously, we spoke about it quite a lot. Um, I was um, quite critical of Edu, not, not mainly because of just the job he's doing in terms of signing players. I was always of the mind of, at the end of the day, I wanted a younger profile, buying players that have good resale value, not making mm. kind of similar habits that we had done in the past where we're, starting to buy players towards the back end of their career, putting them onto yeah, long yeah. contracts or or spending too much on contracts that we can't basically get out of. You know, there's there's loads of examples. Um, yeah. So, and I was saying that just by him maybe loaning players out or terminating contracts, I, I didn't see him as doing a great job based on that. I also thought that in the summer, uh, he spent quite a lot 
and we wasn't very clear on how our side would be improved. But obviously, just looking at some of the signings that he's made, um, you know, Ben White, I think, was one that came in uh, under a lot of scrutiny just based mm -hmm. on the price tag. I think that he's proved um, to be a good signing so far. I think, obviously, there's still room for improvement and you can see that he's a young player in certain aspects. Mm -hmm. But I think, in general, he's been a very good signing, a very good partnership with Gabriel and, obviously, Tommy Yasu, who was another signing who who got quite a lot of scrutiny. Unfairly, to be honest, as well. I think that Sky, mm -hmm. I can't remember his name, um, he, he needs, uh, yeah. he needs to apologise publicly, the clown. But, obviously, I think because of that, there was a lot of scrutiny under Tomiyasu. He's probably been our most consistent performer. If you just look at from game to game, low maintenance, and you look at the amount that we paid for him, it's been a steal. Ramsey, another one, um, was under a lot of criticism. We got a lot of criticism for spending too much or we're spending this much on a backup. Um, and Anana was there. I think Anana was the reason why it probably had even more scrutiny because it looked like, why would we pay... Yeah. 30 million or 25 million for Ramsey and there's a 7 million pound Anana that looks like he's begging to come. So I yeah. think all of those things, again, I was looking at Edu like, are you, you know, has he made the right decisions? This was a big window for us because we got, we, you know, it looked like we're moving further and further away. Man United looked like they were going to be challenging this year. Then yeah. you had Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea who looked like they were going to be there or thereabouts. So it was almost like uh, top four was out before we even started. And you're buying players that haven't necessarily strengthened the um, the first eleven. But looking at it now, all of the signings have been great signings. You look at Tavares, you look at Lokonga. Um, they've been very good backup and rotational players. And when they've come in, they've done a really good job. You look at um, Tomiyasu, who's been an ever-present and been very good. Uh, Ramsey, uh, Ramsdale has been like a breath of fresh air, just... From a playing standpoint, the way he plays out from the back is with purpose and yeah. accurate and, and quick. I felt Leno always used to take a lot longer. And I, I was, you know, I'm a fan of Leno still. I don't think he's a bad keeper. But I think there were certain things that Ramsdale does now that you kind of see how much we were lacking in Leno, especially yeah. in distribution and just the tempo of our play. And then you look at like Ben White forge a good partnership. O Odegaard, who I was always positive, and you were as well, in fairness, mm. very positive about the Odegaard signing because I felt like it made sense. And he's showing and proving a lot of people wrong who I think just got fixated with Madison, to be honest, and then yeah. saw that that was the reason why it was like, okay, anyone else other than Madison is going to be looked at negatively. Plus, I think there was a thing about Odegaard that because he was he had been on loan, He's not the new shiny toy anymore. Like, yeah. it's a bit like, we've seen him, let's get someone else. And I think the Arteta but, thing as well, like, you think about, yeah. Arteta really wanted him and Arteta divided the fan base. So if you yeah. were kind of, if you weren't a big fan of Arteta, that probably bled into your opinion of, of Erdegaard as well. And he seems a bit like an Arteta boy. Like, he, mm. Arteta yeah. speaks about him a lot in regards to his professionalism and stuff. And I just think even mm. that, it felt a bit Jackerish in the way that maybe he'd play him even if, you know, you might want to see Smith throw in the 10 or you might have wanted Madison or even yeah. Buendia to a lesser extent. But I think, all, I say that to say that I think Edu, all you can say is is, is well done on the, on the, in the summer, to be honest. You look at some of the other signings that he's made, you know, the Gabriels and um, of this world and the parties and stuff. It's, you know, we've, we've signed some really good players and it's put us in a position where it's a realistic discussion to talk about top four now as opposed to it being like 
yeah, maybe next year or maybe the year after. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'll hold my hands up and say mm. that, you know, he's definitely done very well in terms of the yeah. signings that he's made. And we can see a clear plan. How confident are you about top four this season, kind of challenging for the top four? Um, I'm confident we'll challenge um, and a lot more confident than I was, you know, mm. I guess, yeah, at the start. After Man City. Definitely. Yeah. And after, <laughs> oh, mate. But even after Everton, yeah. to be honest, I felt like after Everton, I felt like the Everton game for me was really, like, really rocked yeah. me in terms of just as a fan. And I felt like the team, because I felt like that was a game that if you do want to get top four, you have to go and win. It was like we were going to have big games that were coming up. We didn't know how the West Ham game was going to be. We mm -hmm. didn't know, obviously, Man City was on the horizon. Uh, Tottenham's not that far off. And it's like, if you start to win those games, then you can start to, oh, yeah, Man United was was mm -hmm. was um, the next game. Or the, yeah, I think it was, was the, the game before. Game? It was the game before. So we yeah. had just lost to Man United, yeah. which I felt like ultimately we, we played all right. It was just a poor decision from Erdegaard. But I felt like the Everton game was like, all right, two steps back. But since then, and then when you look at the situation with Aubameyang, and you look at how we've responded, how the teams responded to togetherness, I do, and couple that with obviously the uh, Spurs faltering, Man, Man United faltering, and they don't look like they're going to necessarily be like you know very consistent either. We've got a chance. We do. We've got a chance. I don't know if we. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're definitely going to do it, but we definitely got a chance. We're going to be there or thereabout. Do we have to make signings in January to do it, do you think? I think so. I think so. The only reason why I say that is because you look at African nations, um, mm. Maitland-Niles looks like he's going. Yep. So that means that we're going to be without um, El Nene, Partey and Maitland-Niles for a huge chunk of January. Um, mm. Going into February, we don't know. Partey's never been reliable since he's been at the club injury-wise. And El yep. Nene's never been good enough in um just to play on a consistent basis. Mm. So there's a realistic, so if anything happens to Jacques or Le Conga, there's a realistic situation where we're just totally out, like have to play somebody who's not going to be, give us that balance in that position. So to me, I think if you're letting Maitland-Niles go, you, you, there must be somebody else on the horizon. Obviously we've heard about, you know, Svanberg. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of talk around the Kessie, Zakarias and stuff. I don't know if that's more us as fans and just or just guesstimates, but because yeah. they're on a free, because they'll be cheap. You know, Renato Sanchez. There's been there's been solid links. I know <laughs> I know we have different views on on him as a player, but yeah, 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 you know, I think I think we're gonna I think we have to sign a centre midfielder if we let him make their nails go. And I and I would say with the Abamyang situation and the Eddie being a little bit touch and go, buying a striker or even loaning a striker would be a, a decent option as well. And I think that, that that would definitely help. I think there's a couple loanies that we could look at. I, not necessarily that we've been linked, but we were linked with uh, El Nezri from Sevilla in the summer. Mm -hmm. And obviously Martial's going there. He's been injured a bit this year. So that maybe's an option loan-wise. Jovic is an option loan-wise. I don't know if we can buy the stellar signing up front that we want mm. now. But I would say up front and midfield, if we could, if we could add in those positions, I think we'd be in a in good shape just to round off the conversation then raf uh, a simple yes or no do we make top four this season no pressure of course uh, i'm ugh. i'd i'm gonna say yeah just to be say yeah but <laughs> I, I, I might, I, 
Honestly, I'm just saying, yeah, because I try to be positive. But I, I'm not. I, honestly, I think it's 50 50. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I'm kind of where you are. So uh, yeah. the optimist <laughs> in me wants to say yes, obviously, yeah. but uh, there's a lot of football still to be played. And I mean, as I said to some of the other lads who've been on the show, like we've got City next and then we're away to Spurs. And if, if we, and it's possible we lose those two games. And if you do, yeah. the climate is very different very, very quickly. So very. we'll have to wait and see. Raf, thank you so much, Matt, as always, for coming on the show. Tell people where they can find you. Uh, at Messy Music on Twitter, um, at Messy Music on Instagram. Um, yeah, just keep uh, keep an eye out for, for all the stuff I've got coming as well. Lovely stuff. Uh, Raf does regular videos on his channel now, or rather on his Twitter, talking about Arsenal. So uh, do give him a follow. Raf, thank you so much, mate. I'll see you soon. No worries, mate. Cheers. Have a good one. Thank you, Raf. As always, a massive pleasure to speak to Raf on the channel, a regular guest of ours. Uh, so give him some love in the chat box and on his social feeds as well. We'll be having one more guest come on the show uh, before we wrap things up. But before we get them on, let's jump into the chat box. Uh, Elliot says, uh, hi, Tom. Uh, happy holidays. Happy holidays to you too, Elliot. Uh, read your article yesterday, Re-Arsenal striker targets. Just wondered if you think uh, Calvert-Lewin can reach the goal numbers that Vlaovic has reached in Serie A this season? It's a really good question. And actually, I was having a good chat with Dan Potts this morning about kind of the statistics of how uh, Vlaovic and Calvert-Lewin compare. In fact, what I'll do is I will read you that conversation because uh, there were some really good statistics in this. So uh, this season, and specifically kind of um, the three games that he's played, Calvert-Lewin's... XG is 0.97 and his goals per 90 was 1.03. So he's overperforming his XG. Last season, Calvert-Lewin's XG was 0.58 uh, and his goals per 90 was 0.61. Again, overperforming his XG. And Vlaovic has kind of a very similar uh, rating of XG and outperforming the goals per 90. So I think that they both have the ability to score plenty of goals in the league. The reason why I like Calvert-Lewin is because he brings you the pressing, the energy, the hard work, the, the link-up play as well, where Vlaovic is more of your, you know, he plays on the last defender, he's a, he's a clinical goal scorer, and I feel like we would have to create chances for him rather than him doing more so than what Lacazette's done so well so recently. Uh, and that is kind of why I do lean towards Calvert-Lewin. Um, let's bring in the final guest of today's show. Pablo, how you doing, mate? You well? You good? Did you have a good Christmas? Yeah, I'm doing well, Tom. Thank you. I had a really, really, really good Christmas. Just good. getting over it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're in that weird week, aren't we, between Christmas and New Year's where everyone's kind of body clocks goes to hell and you don't really know what you're doing with your life. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, like, I had a typical Brazilian Christmas where we went on till five in the morning. Nice. drinking and partying and <laughs> i'm not at that age for that anymore <laughs> yeah you say that but even me at 27 i'm sitting here like i i just two day hangovers after one night are not what you need and uh it's yeah you just can't do it anymore i'm getting too old for that stuff um yeah but no, glad to see you doing well pablo um in regards to kind of the conversation and top four and arteta and edu where are you sitting Right, I'm pretty much sitting where I was at the start of the season, to be honest with you. I think we're overachieving to what my expectations were. Just said you put Tom Ablow on the thing, for goodness <laughs> sake. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm kind of sitting where I was at the start of the season where my expectations still remain the same. I still think top six is uh, progress compared to last season and is the minimum we should be looking for. Um, the fact that we're sitting in full for the moment and the way we're playing and the way the whole club has sort of transformed recently, um, that's just an added bonus. So I don't really want to put any pressure on us finishing top four. 
because that yeah. was never the original plan in my mind anyway. So I do believe we can fight for top four. Um, it's there for the showing. We're actually doing it right now. And if you go by last season, um, the first half of the season, we were terrible. Second half, we were amazing. I think I saw a tweet out saying that um, for this year, we'll be third in the league um, with the amount of points that we've won. So, you know, if we can sort of perform the way we did last season in the second half of the season, mm. um, yeah, then by all means we can get top four. But if we don't and we get within the top six, I'm still happy with that. Have you seen enough this season to convince you that we can get top four? Because you look at the, some of the last kind of four games, Southampton, West Ham, um, and, and then most recently Norwich and uh, Leeds, of course, the one I was forgetting there. The last four games have been really positive. Before that, Everton and United was really low uh, and the kind of the feeling and the dread came back. I think we were sitting in seventh after the Everton game and you're sitting very quickly, you're one point off fourth one minute, now you're seventh in the table and it shows how quickly things can change. So have you seen enough to tell you that we can kind of get to the top four this year? Yeah, in a way I have. I mean, if you would have asked me after Everton and United game, my answer would have been completely different to now. But yeah. um, if you actually stop to think about the progress that this team's making and the style of football and the connection with the fans and how they're all, we're not a pushover anymore where mm. we've been known for being a pushover, go away to certain stadiums and get absolutely bullied or just go gold down and just fold over. That doesn't seem to be the Arsenal anymore, not Arteta's Arsenal anyway. Um, so to me, I kind of think to myself, you know what, we've, we are progressing. We are going to make mistakes. Don't forget Arteta's only learning himself. Yeah. And one of the things I was actually, I really wanted to bring up as well is I actually think that, Although Arteta says he doesn't listen to social media and everything else, but it's, it just seems like he listens to what the fans want. Mm. Because what do you mean? Every, What's the evidence for that? So there's been certain cases where we've known about late substitutions. Yeah, um, mm. he's sort of improved on that. Um, we've been calling out for say Martinelli to be starting. He's now kept him on and kept him playing. Um, all these sort of things that it's just like our starting 11. If you look at when you do your shows and stuff like that, mm. our starting 11s ain't far off what he's actually putting out there. Mm. Um, where in previous, say last season, there's a lot of times we'll put out a starting 11 and he'll go completely opposite to what we've done in terms of formation, shape, yeah. the lot. Yeah, so he seems to have found his team, um, is learning himself as well. Hopefully, by sort of end of January we've got a couple of additions to help him mm. uh, to get to where he needs to be but you can see the difference though with his players yeah because mm. at the beginning say the first three games of the season we didn't really have his players and last season we didn't really have his players we still had a lot of the old players still left in the squad and you can already see a massive progression so I do believe that coming on towards sort of end of this season and especially after the next transfer summer transfer window Mm. then I think you'll see a massive progression in the team. Do you, you mentioned kind of January there. Do you think that January signings are a necessity for us to achieve top four? I do, but I believe the positioning I'm a little bit different to you guys, where everybody's okay. sort of crying out for a centre midfielder. Mm. I believe we're one Lacazette away from having issues up top. So a striker, because, you think we have yeah, to sign? Yeah, I strongly believe because... I know everyone goes on about Balogun. Um, he's had his couple of chances. You can't expect him to come in and sort of set the world on fire or hold mm. out that front line for us. Um, Martinelli, again, I'm not one that prefers Martinelli playing up front. 
Yeah. I don't I can't see him doing a hold up play and what basically what Lacazette does now, which yeah. con- which actually makes us a better team going forward, he won't do that. He'll be more running off the ball and stuff like that. He's still very lightweight, in my opinion, yeah. uh, to play that position. So should Lacazette get injured, we're kind of relying on Eddie, probably. Um, that's about it. If so he stays, to me, yeah. yeah, if he stays, he might go. So to me, I strongly think that a striker at the moment is where we need to go, even if it's like a backup striker for um, Lacazette. Because yeah. I can't see, for one, I can't see Aubameyang coming back after this big, massive hoo-ha that he's had. And two, mm. if he does come back, he hasn't performed the whole season. So it's not really you're thinking, oh, that's all right, we've got Aubameyang back, everything's going to be okay because Lacazette yeah. can't play. We were terrible when Aubameyang <laughs> was playing. <laughs> so, you know, so to me, I think a striker is possibly... The um the way forward from for January. Last question then, uh, Pablo. Simple yes or no. Do we make top four? Yes. That's a clean sweep of yeses of all of yes. our guests this evening, which is optimistic. Pablo, thank you so much, mate, or Tom Ablo, I should say, um, <laughs> for coming on the show. I'm sure we'll see you soon. Tell people where they can find you. Yeah, I'm on um, Twitter. That's pretty much the only place you can really find me. And, it's, uh, and the Discord Pablo. server. You can find him yeah, there. Yeah, Discord. Well. You can find me at the Discord server. I'm very rarely on there, though. It's not as much as I want to be, to be <laughs> fair. It's just work has been so busy. But yeah, find me at Pablo Mirror 11 on Twitter. And um, yeah, have a well, hope you had a good Christmas as well, Tom. New Year's. Didn't get to ask next. you. Yes. Yeah, of course. New yeah, Year's no, it was good. It was good. Yes. Thank you, mate. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll see you soon. Have a good one. Cheers. Take care, mate. Cheers, mate. See you later. A massive thank you to Pablo uh, for helping us out and coming on the show as well. And a massive thank you to all of the guests that joined me uh, for today's 90-minute bumper special of a phone-in. I'd like doing these shows. They're fun, speaking to more Arsenal fans and getting views from you guys in the chat box and, and from the members group and seeing what you guys have to say is great. Sorry if you, you've sent for a message and we haven't been able to get through. There's been plenty of people wanting to come on. Uh, I will try and give you a lot more notice in future when we're doing this. Uh, I, I gave, I think, an hour's notice. And yet we've had a, a load of guests on today, which is fantastic to see. If you have enjoyed it, do drop a like on the video. There's over 300, there's nearly 400 of you watching uh, and we've just got over 150 likes. So please help us try and get up to at least 200 uh, and drop a like on today's show. As I said before, there I won't be live tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. because I'm working, but there will be a show that goes on the channel at 8 a.m. that you will be able to watch in the morning. So don't not set your alarms because there will be a show for you to tune in for. The chat box will be live, so you'll still be able to say good morning to everybody in the chat box as well if that's what you enjoy doing. I know plenty of you do enjoy jumping into the chat box to have a chat amongst yourself, which is always great to see because the community is easily the best in the Arsenal community without a shadow of a doubt. And if you'd like to join our Discord server, then click the link in the description to become a member and then you get access to the Discord server becoming either either a TGT expert member or a TGT ambassador. I will see you tomorrow morning, not live, but you'll see my face at 8am. And other than that, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? 
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.